You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this episode of What the Dev. Today, we're talking about FinOps and how to keep your cloud costs from spiraling out of control. Joining me today is J.R. Stormont. He's the Executive Director of the FinOps Foundation. Thanks for being here, J.R. Uh, so let me ask you, just to get things started, how are organizations thinking about their cloud expenditures, and who's ultimately responsible for ensuring uh, that the spend doesn't just inexorably grow and grow? You know, FinOps is, I think people think of it as a technology discipline, but it's its really a, it's a people practice, right? Like, it's about, like, different groups coming together to um, collaborate over, like, making better decisions about technology investments, um, right? So... You know, I, to 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 quote some of our our materials, but like we always like to say, like FinOps is not about uh, saving money; uh, it's about making money. Because if you think about like the reason that you know you mentioned earlier the idea of like creep and people spinning up instances and not shutting them down, all that stuff. Uh, the really important thing I think to spend in there is that you know cloud spend is not bad, and spending more in cloud is not bad. It's organizations, especially during COVID, like it accelerated massively in the last couple of years, they're going to cloud so that they can deliver, you know, better products, better experiences, more competitive advantage, right? Like you look at things like, I mean, Kubernetes, you look at like, uh, you know, things like AWS Redshift or Google's BigQuery, like these are, these are things you can't do on-prem, right? And so the FinOps discipline as it sits, and it's, it's an evolving nascent discipline, obviously, but, um, it's really about enabling better decision-making, like data-driven decision-making in order to figure out where do we want to invest? How do we want to invest more or less? And to the point of, you know, your question of like, who's responsible? Uh, kind of like everybody now, right? Historically, you had like engineers wrote code and they went to ops teams, who went to procurement teams to buy servers and those, you know, got racked and they showed up. But now it's like, you know, engineers click buttons to procure resources. They write, you know, infrastructure as code, software as code, these things. And, you know, money gets spent without any controls. And again, that's not a bad thing because it enables like faster delivery, you know, better uh, features, more more things. Uh, but ultimately, the, the shift for engineers was probably the biggest because they historically haven't had to consider cost as part of their day job, right? They've got all these constraints. Like engineers are driven by constraints. It's like, I got time, I got delivery, I got security, I got performance, I got reliability, all these things. And now it's like include cost. And I I don't think that's a a bad thing because like engineers like efficiency, right? They like things to be efficient, faster, more performant, et cetera. But cost is a new metric to consider. And the, the big shift, and I think the challenge, and, and you know, we look at companies across the whole maturity model, obviously there's like the the Spotify's and Atlassian's who are like way advanced. And then there's the, you know, all the global 2000 kind of behind them that are coming over. But the more advanced ones are, are basically saying like, look, we, we have a uh, C-level push on the fact and typically CTO, CIO, who's leading R&D. Like we have push on the fact that like, you need to start thinking about cost. It's part of your constraints to consider. It's part of what needs to happen. And I hate to use the cliche term, but it's like shifting left in the process, right? right? Rather than let's think about, to your point of like, let's fire an instance and we forgot about it and shut it down. No, no, it needs to start at the architecture review. It needs to start at the beginning, right? It needs to start before we actually build anything to like, how are we going to build this in a cost-performing way? How much can you shift left before engineers' heads start to explode? <laughs> 
it's hard. I mean, we, we feel for them. So I don't know if um, Chad shared, but we, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we did a, a, a book, Claude Finops, like Nona Riley book. Um, and I'm, I'm right now working on with my co-author, um, Mike Fuller at Alassie, and I work, work on the second edition. And we were going back and like revisiting a lot of the um, texts because we're, we're just like 19 chapters and I was going to be 27. And I realized a lot of the conversations we were having in like 2018, 2019, when we started talking about this, so like we, we realized there was a lot of us versus them, which is sort of this idea that there's the FinOps teams, I'm, I'm air quoting with my fingers, even though I'm not on video, um, who are ostensibly responsible for driving cost efficiency in the organization. And then you've got all these distributed engineering teams who are shipping code and delivering features and you know, deploying infrastructure. And like largely they are the ones who are best equipped and are ultimately most responsible for being cost efficient and yet they're not typically used to thinking about it right and so what we what we found is that there has been a a change in the way this has gone which is you know a couple of years ago finops was like an isolated discipline uh with a team who was pushing best practices there now in a lot of ways like the finops uh transformation if i guess you can call it that again another kind of sort of cliche term uh is sort of like the security teams in organizations right so security teams don't do all the security but they're there to establish the best practice to like radiate out the heat of best practices around, you know, security, but ultimately everybody is responsible for it. Um, the product owners, the finance people, the engineering folks, like everybody's there, you know, to, to manage it over time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know that you guys just uh, released your state of FinOps report. And, and one of the top pain points that I saw that people had was uh, getting engineers to take action. So ah, yeah. it's, it's nice to say we're going to shift it left. You know, everybody's going to be involved. But again, what specifically can engineers be shown uh, to to stay within the budget, so to speak? As you say, I mean, their goal is just to write code, ship it, you know, create new features, new functionality, uh, cost, not something they've traditionally had to think of. So the same thing with getting them to learn testing and getting them to learn security. Uh, again, not you made the point that, you know, it isn't necessarily the uh, the FinOps people who are going to be doing it. It might be the engineers who are doing it. So how do you get them to to really buy into it and, and get involved? The getting engineers to take action term and issue was the top problem in both uh, the last two years of state of FinOps. And, you know, I, to be very candid, I, I feel like we we put that out there as one of the potential options people select. And I, I actually regret the phrasing of that because it's not about how do we get these, you know, again, air quotes, dang engineers to go take action. Right. It's about how do we start to integrate cost as one of those constraints that are part of sprint planning that is a leadership down approach that says like you have to consider this in all parts of it that it's not like at the end of the you know what what has happened unfortunately with a lot of companies who are early in their finops transformation process is they, they only start to think about costs when there's when there's an alert or alarm right like oh things have gone over a level and our cfo is freaking out and but what I think, you know, back to the point of what we found in the second edition of the book as we're updating things is that, you know, it's not about like getting those those other engineers to do things. It's about how do we partner across the organization through direct contribution, meaning like is the FinOps team working in the engineering teams, you know, with cost engineers who are like helping to model this stuff out? How do we do indirect contribution, which is like best practices, um, ultimately so that, you know, when we're defining specs and software requirements, a part of that is cost efficiency. And again, I like to, to reiterate too much, but 
it's not about spending less, right? Like there's so many cases we've seen. There was there was a SaaS company in our community uh, a couple of years ago who, you know, they realized by, you know, spending, I don't want to share the exact numbers, but by spending, you know, some numbers of tens of thousands additional months, they could increase performance, you know, for their uh, customers, you know, with using this different, you know, cloud platform, it was going to be more expensive, but it also drove more revenue over time. Um, and, and I think like, uh, we, we had our, our FinOps X conference that happened in Austin uh, in June. We've got a, another one coming up. It's, it's the exact dates are yet to be announced, but it's it's going to be June of 23, um, somewhere in California. Uh, but we had uh, Apple was there and they spoke. Um, this guy named Gabe, um, who's a, a FinOps engineer at Apple. And he, he did this talk on the idea of cost as a constraint for engineers. And he talked about like figuring out whether you're building a Porsche software application or if you're building a Toyota. Uh, and people typically think, oh, I want to build a Porsche, right? It's like, I want it to be fast and you know, I want it to be the most you know, performant, do all the things. Um, but ultimately, the folks for building the like Toyota application, and not, not knocking the car brand, they're great car brands, uh, but different price points, um, the Toyota folks have more constraints around cost and they have to hit a certain price point and then they have to fit in with a certain set of materials. And this applies to, you know, cloud services. It applies to, you know, how many resources you can use. And ultimately, like the Toyota folks in some ways are more innovative because they have to deliver a, a set of things within a tighter set of constraints. And every time there's like a budget cut going back to the, the sort of corporate enterprise world, uh, it requires more innovation. Okay, great. We've got to get costs down. Now, how do we keep delivering the features, the things to our customers, right? And so I think this idea that cloud is too expensive or FinOps is about cutting costs or like you've got to, you know, build the most performant thing. It's it's really about like, how do, how do we get uh, innovation that through the iron triangle, right? It's like the, do I want good, fast, or cheap? Well, I, I got to figure out which I'm doing. And sometimes good is not cheap, right? And, and that may be the best choice for our customers. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, when you talk about budgeting and what have you, at least in terms of software, you know, when when C-level people go, OK, how much is this going to cost? You know, that forecasting has always been kind of a dark art. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. very hard to accurately say, well, this is exactly what it's going to cost. But so so how does putting in like a FinOps practice kind of help organizations either do it more carefully or does it just raise the awareness of cost in general within the organization i i think you know we probably all agree that cloud and cloud first and we're quoting again without being video on but cloud first was like a, a thing a few years ago where it's like okay we're gonna go all in cloud over time i mean cl cloud is is the standard now right like everybody's going that direction um the, the FinOps practice, whether you call it FinOps or cloud financial management or cloud cost optimization or whatever term, we, we're not we're not dogmatic about it, um, is sort of now become a critical part of it, which is, yeah, you mentioned forecasting is a dark art. Um, it's really hard to figure out where you're going to spend in cloud, not because the technology is that hard, but because you're now dealing with human behaviors, a bunch of engineers, thousands of them in certain companies who are able to deploy you know infrastructure at will and incur costs. And again, that's a good thing. We want them to be able to move fast and you know break things and, and deliver better stuff. Uh, but instead of being just a technology problem, it's now like a human motivation behavior one. Um, forecasting, if you look at you know a, a big enterprise, it's about how do we get inputs from and scenario modeling from thousands of people. Uh, how do we look at get the finance team up leveled uh, to start to think about cloud in the way that it is so different than historical art, you know, IT infrastructure, like, like you're not 
buying servers, you know, six months out, putting them racks. It's like you not only do you have instant availability of of you know resources, but you've also got huge granularity in cloud spin data. So some of our like in the foundation, like some of the big spenders, um, and you know, we we've got I don't know almost eight thousand uh, folks in the community now, and and a number of those. Uh, you look at state of FinOps data are spending like over a billion dollars a year in their respective public cloud providers and AWS, Google, you know, Azure, et cetera. And when you're spending that level of money, we're, we're talking about billions upon billions of charges per month, right? Like some of these, these billing data files, uh, back when they were CSV files, now they're like YAML, um, they, they had 87 billion commas in them, like 87 billion commas in a single month of billing data. And that breaks the brain of finance people. It also breaks Excel. Like you can't actually load that into Excel. <laughs> so it's it's a huge shift, not only in technology and how you do it, but also in like getting finance people to be able to go to engineers to have like conversations about what they're doing today and how that affects, you know, spend and business outcomes in all those areas. So uh, the, the practice, again, air quoting, it's my, my theme today, um, is like, it's really an evolving discipline of how do we get engineers thinking about cost, Finance people understanding that cloud is a totally different animal than anything ever dealt with. And then leadership aligned that we want to make, again, not spending less decisions, but make the right investments in the right places based on the business goals. Sure. Well, that certainly makes a lot of sense. One quick question, though. I know in, in the DevOps world now, uh, to achieve that speed and and quality that organizations want from their software, there's a lot of uh, autonomy now among the teams where where leadership says to them, yeah, you guys go and do what you need to do and this team will go and do what they need to do. So with that autonomy, I think that's also part of what creates, uh, you know, the, these big costs that, you know, there's no, uh, okay, we've spun up this uh, pre-production environment and perhaps that other team could benefit from using it, but that communication probably isn't taking place. Um, so I, I think the autonomy perhaps makes it even more of a challenge to kind of understand where the costs are, are happening. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you highlighted, I think what is probably the, the lowest hanging fruit in all of these practices, which is invariably when you start digging in around cloud infrastructure, you find some pre-prod, some staging, some development environment that's just sitting there that no one was using. Um, I was working with one of the, <laughs> again, probably shouldn't, shouldn't mention them specifically, but one of the, one of the big uh, technology unicorns uh, a few years ago and like looking into their, their cloud spending data. And it was like, they immediately realized they had, um, it was literally $200,000 a month in these like multiple dev environments that had been sitting there for months unused. Right. So, so that's, that's the like, that's easy. I don't know. That's the bad story that, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, but, but that's the low hanging fruit. So once you get past that, and you mentioned communication, that's really the bigger bit, which is how do we get the teams talking to each other? And when I say teams, meaning again, going back to engineering and finance, they speak very different languages and they have very different motivations and they have very different focus areas, right? So it's, it's, how do, how do we get them working around uh, using the FinOps data, using the business decisions to make, you know, decisions over time. And ultimately like, it's a distribution of responsibility. I mean, one of your original questions is who's responsible and it's, yeah, it comes down to everybody. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, J.R. Stormont, executive director of the FinOps Foundation. Thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully our listeners can uh, benefit and, and start to look at their own practices and see, you know, see where they can uh, align better with their business budgets. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate uh, the time and yeah, looking forward to continuing the conversation.
Absolutely great. Thank you so much to our listeners. Thanks for spending a little time with us today. Uh, Again, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now. 